house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes, the house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed, it felt like I rushed. It was good, I liked it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What up? With us on the ones and twos, Joseph Ascani. What it do? This is college football week 12, NFL week 11. We're nearly to the uh, completion of the regular season, but there is still money to be made. And I'm going to just be honest, I feel great about the board this week. (laughs) I felt great about the board last week. No, I really do. Oh, wow. Not even kidding. Uh, So we'll get into a recap here in a second. It was supposed to be my week to get them last week, but... um, just kind of sums up the season that we've had so far. But like I said, we will get to that. The Saints lose again. What are we now? Back to 500? Mm-hmm. Still leading the division because everybody five else lost? Five, yep. What were your What were your thoughts? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> Same old thing. <laughs> a broken record, huh? Oh, <clears throat> man. Do you think that there is a quarterback controversy? Or should there be? I don't know. I think they both suck. <laughs> they do. Um, I don't think there will be. I don't think there's much of a difference, so whatever. Well, I think, honestly, I think, okay, yeah, there's not much of a difference in terms of the potential production you could get, but I think they're polar opposites in terms of players. It both kind of equals out to the same outcome, but Derek Carr is so scared to push the ball down the field that he'll take an, un- I, I put it on Twitter, he'll take, Derek Carr will take an unnecessary sack to avoid a mistake, which in turn it is a mistake. Whereas Jameis Winston will just fucking throw it and hope. And I kind of like it. I mean, we were down when he was in the game, too, so. Yeah, of course. You're trying to make a comeback. We're already in the hole. I mean, you want your quarterback to throw it regardless in in those situations. Yeah, you got to kind of make something happen. But you got the full Jameis Winston experience in about two drives. It was... He, make, he throws a dime to Alave in the back right corner of the end zone, which was an incredible catch by Alave. Then you see him scrambling around, going up. I don't know where the fuck to go. Rolls out to the left and then throws like a – I think everyone collectively, when he looks back to the right, and A.T. Perry was open, but he's open if like you're on that sideline and you throw a little dart to him. Not if you're throwing 45 yards across the other side of the field. He goes, fuck it, throws it over there. And I think everyone collectively had the same, like, oh, my God, like, thought. And then A.T. Perry mosses the DB, and it's a touchdown. And that's kind of what you get with Jameis is he'll take risks. And then the next drive, you have an all-out blitz, and he just fucking slings it like a punt. And it's inter- <laughs> and it's intercepted. Um, it's the full scope of the Jameis Winston experience. He is going to – he has tons of arm talent, can make – just about every single throw. You saw a dime to the back corner of the end zone. You saw a dart across the field to put it up where only A.T. Perry can get it. Bad decision. Incredible throw. And then you see the just the questionable interceptions. The the it, It's so polar opposites, whereas Derek Carr is just like crippled with fear to take a chance. So he'll just check it down, check it down, take a sack punt. Whereas Jameis Winston's going to give his guys a chance. He's going to throw it up to his guys. For better or for worse. 
but it's too reckless. So you have too conservative, too reckless. You got to meet in the middle. You got to take chances. The risk takers do not, la- the non-risk takers don't last in the NFL, whether that's coaching or a player on the field. So. Hainer time. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is neither one of them can see the field. No. Derek Carr's a one-read guy. And um, there's plenty of times when you go look at his bad decision, somebody's wide open underneath. If he would, that was what made Drew so good. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the best quarterbacks the best. One, they're not scared to throw over the middle like Trevor Lawrence. And two, they'll go through their progressions and not panic and find a guy that's open. You have to be able to execute in the red zone. And that is where you most, more than any other area of the field, have to go through your progressions. Somebody's open just about every play. Unless it's just incredible defense or a bad design, somebody's going to be open at some point. You just have to find them. There were plenty of times where Derek Carr tight ends running an out route on in the red zone. And if he if he leads him instead, if he's proactive instead of reactive and puts it on him, it's a touchdown. But he waits until he's clearly open and then throws it. And then it's not open anymore. It's like Drew used to say, you have to throw the guy open. Derek Carr's not the guy. So we wasted mine a lot. And it's gonna set us back for quite a while. I don't really know what the yeah. what the you have the weakest schedule in football and the weakest division. And we're five and five. We only beat the bad teams and we barely beat them. The good teams smack us around. I don't know what, I don't know what you do. Even if it's what we said, it's, I never root for the saints to lose, but I know what's coming. So it's like, do we think there's an improbable Super Bowl run at the end of this season? (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Do you want to waste the energy or do you want to like, do you want to? I don't even know how you plan for the future. What do you do? Gotta hope. Hope what though? <laughs> I don't know. What are we hoping for? Hope for better. It's like, and you have so much talent all around you, so much talent, and it's going to get wasted because we wanted to hire in house and hand up. I said I would go with Dennis Allen. I was wrong. It was the defense. The the that. You got Dennis Allen's defense, but you also got Dennis Allen's playmaking and his coaching hires, and it's just a bunch of friends in the front office, and it's not going to work. So there's no positivity um, on the horizon. There's a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, what's the point of being a fan if you're just going to be negative? It's also called being a realist. We're fucked. So, um, I wish we would have got Dobbs. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah. I mean, he's a journeyman for a reason, but we just suck. He looks pretty good right now, though. We suck, and the Falcons suck. Yeah, but, I mean, he's like, if we could just not let him run. That's the thing. He's running well. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. that's been an issue for the Saints defense. Yeah, for a long time. Um. All right, well, we will keep it. Hold on one second. Y'all saw the Bills fire there? Offensive coordinator. Yeah, Ken Dorsey's gone. Joe Brady. Yeah. Stepping in, taking the reins. Um, gotta love it. Bill suck. Josh Allen sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I needed the Broncos bad. Doubled down on it too. Um, thank God. Um, we'll keep it in the quarterback conversation for Louisiana quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels has got to be the Heisman front runner right now, in my opinion. What would you yeah, say? Yeah, he's that he's up there. He's not the betting favorite, I understand. But when you stack up statistics, what Jaden and we sat right here before the season started. We did our college football look ahead, futures, etc. Our number one pick for Heisman Trophy winner was Jaden Daniels at seventeen to one odds. The only time before that we told you an LSU player would win the Heisman Trophy, it was Joe Burrow. We were right. 
this year. Wasn't just a homer pick. 17-1 odds is looking like a good investment because when you stack up statistics side by side, he's far and away the best player in the country. Eye test, numbers. I understand Penix has, what, three, 400 more passing yards? I don't care. Look at what he did and is doing. Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country. It's not even up for debate. It's not Bo Nix. It's not Penix. It's not Marvin Harrison Jr., which is laughable that people are trying to say that. C.J. Stroud came out and said if, it, if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't win it, then it's rigged. He's not even top five in receiving yards or receptions. Yeah. What are we talking about? I don't even think he's number one in touchdowns. I think Brian Thomas is. Yeah. Malik Neighbors is having a better season than Marvin Harrison Jr. So Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country. We've seen it happen before with, what, RG3, Johnny Manziel. Uh, that players can win it with a multiple loss record. Because deep down, we all know it. It's not because of him that we're losing these games. It's because of the defense. Uh, without him, where would we be? In a dumpster. So what he's able to do with his dual threat ability, and that's what we said when we talked about it, was that his ability to run, people like that. It's exciting when he's taking it 85 yards to the house against Florida and then following it up with another 50-yarder. It's impressive. Jaden Daniels is far and away the best player in the country. He will win the Heisman Trophy. If he doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Um, It's more of a best team, a, a best player on the best team, uh, trophy at that point because he is far and away the best player. Yeah, Bo Nix is the favorite. Yeah. And Penix is just behind him, and then it's Daniels. It's got to be Daniels. It's going to be tough, though, because those teams are going to play each other again in the conference championship. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that's going to negate one of them. Yeah. More than likely because, uh, yeah. So, um, But Washington has to play. Oregon State this week, they're underdogs. Yes. If you were voting right now, non-biased, would you vote Daniels? Hell yeah, I'd vote him because I'm biased. I got money on this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think he makes a compelling case. I mean, nearly 1,000 rushing yards. He's going to finish with over 1,000 once the season ends. But If he torches Texas A&M, what are we doing? Yeah. You got to give it to him. A Pac-12 quarterback, not named Caleb Williams. I understand Penix is having a great year. There's been multiple games where what they scored, like there was like a one score game or some shit that they barely squeaked out. Yeah, right after the Oregon game, right? Arizona State. Yeah, even um, last week against Utah. Yeah, every yeah, single Utah game. Utah had a chance to win that game. Yeah. Every single game, Jaden Daniels has been dominant. So, well, they definitely put it back on the radar on that Florida game. They yeah, br- when you're running for like eight times where there's three quarterbacks since 2000 that have won it with three losses. Yeah. They kept showing that stat over. Well, it's undeniable. When you take an 85-yard to the house, and then you follow it up with the 50, and he's throwing it all over him, and he showed – it's not like Bama shut him down. Mm -hmm. It's not like, like, oh, he melted. It's not like Leonard Fournette that year when we're like, oh, he has a real chance. If he goes out and dominates against Bama, and then he goes for like 30 rushing yards, it's like, well, fuck that. Fucking Milrow should be in the conversation more than Penix and uh, Knicks. Milrow's playing good. Milrow had six touchdowns last week. Yeah, that was Three more rushing touchdowns. Um, so yeah, in a season for LSU, that obviously was not what we wanted. Um, if you can get a Heisman trophy out of it, that's, I mean, that's impressive. What would it be? The third ever for LSU? Yeah. Billy Cannon, Joe Burrow, and then soon to be Jaden Daniels. I mean, it was a lot of just close games, really tough games that didn't go your way. That's the blessing and the curse of, uh, scheduling Florida state week one, who clearly is worth the hype and, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't a, a fluky loss. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but make no mistake, win or lose, Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country. It's not even close. 
Um, all right, let's talk about, which we'll get to it in the recap, but let's talk about Michigan. Jim Harbaugh said that Michigan is America's team. Yeah, I saw that. Do you agree? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like his style. He's definitely being instructed, like, go tell him, try to rally the rally the country behind you. They're, they're unfairly, uh, they're punching down on you. Yeah, so Jim Harbaugh says that Michigan is America's team. People have now since come out and been like, oh, my God, this is America. That's not what America represents. What the fuck are we talking about? Americans, we lie, we cheat, we steal to get ahead. That's what we, we do. Spy. That's what we do. Yeah, we spy, we lie, we cheat, we steal. <laughs> what are we talking about? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Michigan embodies everything that it means to be an American. You will step on others cheating, step on others to get an advantage, an unfair advantage. That's what we do here. That's just the way it is. Michigan is America's team. Michigan will win the national championship. They've got... They've got the the strength of a nation behind them now. Yeah. So I just think it's funny where everyone's like, that's not what it means to be an American. It's like, what are you talking about? Look, what does every politician do? They lie, they cheat, and they steal. They're stealing from all of us. We pay a shitload in taxes. You can't drive down the road without fucking your tires up in the potholes. Since the end of time, yeah, that's what we've done Yeah, a homeless here. person trying to wash your windshield at a red light. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we have done here in this country since the end of time we have lied we have cheated and we have stole so michigan's america's team uh you saw you saw sharon moore crying at the end of the game no what do you mean you definitely there's no way you didn't see it oh okay what, yeah you living under a rock i saw i saw know who you're talking about i don't know if you do i don't know him as uh sharon moore yeah, I don't know who that is. The, it's the, uh, the interim head coach, or not even interim head coach, the, the, the guy who stood in for Harbaugh since he suspended. Yeah, uh, I know him as the guy that was crying at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a name. Um, yeah, so what were your thoughts on that? I don't know. It felt like a little much. Yeah, it was stupid. But um, <laughs> I liked I liked I Corm. I liked Corm uh, all bloodied up. Saying that they did it for Harbaugh. Looking like J.J. Watt. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, I felt like I liked the, I don't know, we're opposites. You think of like people cry like it's like the, <laughs> the craziest thing ever. I liked the show of emotion. I felt like it was a little bit over the top. And you could tell it was hitting him. And at first he was trying to fight it. And then he was just like, all right, I'm leaning into it. He said, like, well, I fucking love you, man. This is for you. We did this shit for you. It's like, sir, we're on national television. Yeah, I fucking love you. <laughs> yeah. Fucking gay. Um, There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, Michigan's got everybody kind of. It, it It's bulletin board material. It's exactly what we talked about last week. And um, I think that. Yeah, that was a lock. Especially after they suspended him. I can't believe I didn't have that. Well, you're crazy. I told you. I sat Just right here. Just letting winners go by. I sat right here. As I watched Georgia State. Well, no, it quickly became obvious <laughs> that um, that Penn State wasn't going to score. Yeah. So I was feeling good. Like, I needed that one more insurance touchdown mm-hmm. just to, like, seal it. But it became pretty apparent that Penn State was not going to score the ball. Michigan didn't throw a pass in the second half. Yeah, that's impressive. That's crazy. They didn't throw a single pass. That is wild. And part of that, I feel, could be because J.J. McCarthy did hurt his ankle. But still, it's like... Yeah, God, they didn't need to. God bless, yeah. Domination. Uh, no, yeah, Corum's a beast. Um, Aller's just not there. Doesn't mean he won't be. 
but he's just not there yet. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about this potential college football scenario that we talked about it a little bit. So, but we didn't talk about it on here. So the potential scenario, it's exactly what we talked about. I saw somebody tweet it. Hypothetical college football scenario. You have a 13 and 0 big 10 champion, 13 and 0 Florida state, two spots left. You have 12 and one Oregon PAC 12 champion, 12 and one Texas big 12 champion, 12 and one Alabama sec champion, meaning they beat Georgia who is now 12 and one. Then you have 12 and one Washington who obviously would have lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, which Oregon are, Washington already beat Oregon. So who are the four that get in? Um, are they even discussing Alabama in this? Yeah, so I said 12-1 and one Alabama, SEC champion. Yeah, they would get in. Okay, there's one more spot. And the um, Big 12 champion with one loss, if that would, that would be Texas. If they won, they would get out. They would be out. So Georgia's not in. Um. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> back-to-back champs lost what one that would have been their second loss in what two years, three years. So we would have winner of Michigan, Ohio State would win the Big Ten. Yes, Big Twelve champion Florida State, two spots left between Oregon, Texas, Bama, Georgia, Washington. Washington's not getting in, even if they win the. I mean, if they win the Pac-12, they're undefeated though, right? Yeah, they would get in. Yes, okay. Yeah, if you're undefeated, you're going to get in. I don't think Washington will find themselves undefeated. I almost can see a scenario where there's no Pac-12. Yeah, that's what I would say. Because it doesn't feel right, but, I mean. With one loss, no. But how do you leave Texas out when they went on the road to Alabama and beat Bama? And then would have to beat Oklahoma. Yes, twice. No, yeah, they lost first time. So, the championship. yeah. I would it's tough. I would agree with you in saying that Alabama's in. If they, Alabama wins the SEC, they're going to be in. They're I think in. Georgia, with one loss, would probably still be in. There's no Florida how, State. If they're undefeated, they'll be in. Yeah, they're definitely in. And, the and then it would be the Big Ten. Yeah, they're going to have that a, would be they're the going to have an undefeated representative. Definitely. How do you leave Texas out? I don't know if they put two SEC. If you have all those other teams at twelve and one, how do you leave Georgia out? Back-to-back champ, dominated the last two years. Um, depending on the game against Bama, to what if it comes down to a field goal? What if it's a last-second field goal, Bama wins? How do you leave Georgia out, but how do you leave Texas out? Yeah, the biggest argument would be if Alabama's in white, Texas beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That's what I'm saying. Both same record, and Texas has the head-to-head win. When both teams were full strength. Texas obviously has had to deal with Quinn Ewers being banged up. So who are we saying would clearly be in right now? Big Ten champ, Florida State, undefeated Florida State. Obviously, they'd have to go to ACC championship and beat whoever. It's going to be – they have the easiest path. Yeah. So, but yeah, either Ohio State or Michigan representing the Big Ten, Florida State, and then you have two spots left, Oregon, Texas, Bama, Georgia, Washington. It's either between Georgia, Texas, or Bama, in my opinion. You got two spots for three teams. And in this scenario, Bama would have beaten Georgia in the SEC championship. Got to put them there. Why, though? Or, yeah, I guess. It's tough but, schedule. See, yeah, it's like an impossible. There's no there's no right answer where everyone's going to be like, yep, that's what you got. That's what you do. But I don't see how you leave Texas out. 
what's the point of there's no value to a head to head win then mid season. It should just be it should just be okay, we don't start tracking until the final four weeks. Yeah, it just Matt, like who who do you think is the best teams? And that is that does matter, yes, in Texas. But it's like but I think Texas is not a good of, as good of a team as they were when they played Alabama because now they lost Jonathan Brooks to an ACL. Quinn Ewers is banged up, but that doesn't really matter. And they lost Oklahoma. Oklahoma's just not that good. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad loss. But Texas was a was it? It's not a bad loss. Texas was a last second play from losing to Kansas State. Like they could very well have the same record as Oklahoma. Yeah. So I don't know that Oklahoma's a bad. But it's loss. like Oklahoma barely escapes. Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Is Texas a bad loss for Alabama? Not right now. Why? Because they only have one loss. Yeah, but so if Oklahoma were to beat Oklahoma State, though, in Bedlam, are you saying that's a bad loss for Texas? I don't, I don't look at Oklahoma as a bad loss. I think Oklahoma's a good team. I think it was a close game that they lost against Oklahoma State. Texas very well yeah, got dog walked by UCF. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. It's not that. a good. Te- it's not like a, a team that we would consider. I know, but their losses aren't. They against were one contended. play away from losing to Kansas State. Would you then be calling Texas a bad loss for Alabama? Yeah, if they lost to Kansas State, yeah, but they didn't. I mean, it was right there. So that's why I just I don't know that. I just don't credit that as a bad loss. That's the oh, that's the second best team in the Big Twelve. Yeah, but they have two Big Twelve losses now. No, yeah, I get it, but it, it's so still, those it, two teams have the right to say they're better than them. I guess so. Then Texas has the right to say they're better than Bama. Yeah, right now. So if they have the same record, then Texas gets in over Bama. Not if by that Alabama logic. beats Georgia, though. But Texas because is, this this loss happened in week two. It's like when you lose a game that early, it hurts less than yeah. losing a game later. Yeah, without a doubt. But that's what I'm saying. You might as well only count the last four weeks of the season then for and going towards the college football playoff, and then just schedule backload the season with good teams. Yeah, because there's no different meaning or value in on your record if it's a week two loss or a week eleven loss. In theory, there is in the minds of the judges, sure, or, or, or memory. But in theory, they hold the same weight no matter when you. It's a head-to-head regular season game. So, but like I said, well, I, this is why it needs to be expanded. Yeah, and that's why it is going to be expanded. That, luckily, but I thought Alabama should have been in last year. But I think it's fitting that in the final year of four teams, it's going to possibly be the most chaotic. Mm-hmm. So, and that'll kind of, it's almost perfect scenario in terms of expansion so if bama does beat georgia do y'all see there being a scenario where both get in i it's it's how do you leave do you think the committee will say oh can we put two sec teams in two one loss sec teams in yeah if if georgia wins out alabama wins out and beats georgia they're both going to get in without question yeah not if oregon's undefeated oh wait no i'm sorry not if washington's undefeated yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're undefeated, yeah, you're going to get in. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know because I mean, how do you leave an Alabama team that's clearly turned it around with the greatest head coach of all time? How do you leave the back-to-back defending champions that have lost one or two games in the last 
two seasons, three seasons. Um, and then how do you leave out the team that went on the road into a hostile environment before? Like everybody makes that argument. Well, it's early season. Like how do you? They're not. They haven't figured it out yet. Like in terms of Alabama, but Texas has the same amount of time to figure it out and, and start gelling. So. I just I don't know. They, it should be worth something that they went and Ewers played well, and they marched into Tuscaloosa and got the win. So if they have same record, I don't know. It, it it's probably it wouldn't happen. I'm sure Bama would probably get in, but it definitely feels like kind of not right if that's the scenario. If the, if that's the way it falls, even with Texas nearly losing to Kansas State and sleepwalking in the second half against. Uh, TCU and they've looked underwhelming, but that's also without their starting quarterback. So it's kind of like you got to take the last three, four, whatever weeks with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, Cause yeah, in theory, yeah, they almost lost to Kansas state, but it is with their backup quarterback. So maybe they're not in that position. If viewers plays. Um, so then the way it stands, you would have, if it works out in that scenario, you'd have Georgia and Bama getting in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. I mean, Texas would get fucked, essentially. Who gets in if Washington wins out? Washington gets in. No, I mean, who's the fourth? Bama? It'd have to be. But if it's those two, it'd have to be the team that just won. Yeah, same record and then the head-to-head win. It's going to – it'll probably work out funny to where that's not even the situation. More than likely, yeah, I'm sure. Chaotic shit will happen. And and that's a lot of scenarios. Like, put a parlay on that right now then. Yeah. And then if – if that's the way it shapes up, like that, that's not what they don't want to have to, not that they have the control over it, but they don't want to have to make that decision because they know it's going to be, it's going to be kind of chaotic. So, um, but we'll see. And it's going to 12 teams next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We will get into a recap of last week. I'll just go top to bottom real quick. We started off good. Started off really good. I, I felt confident going into this week. Um, but it kind of sums up the season that I've had so far. We started it off SMU minus 16 and a half. A little bit of a slow start to the game. It was 17 to 14 at halftime. Uh, SMU outscored them 28 to 7 in the second half. They went 45 to 21. Second game of the night, late game. We had the over 50 and a half in Wyoming and UNLV. Going into halftime, there was 35 points scored and there was a turnover inside the 10-yard line with seconds to go in the first half. So we could have been looking at 42 points on a 50-and-a-half-point spread. 42 points going into halftime. 35 points scored in the first half. There was 13 points scored in the second half. Wyoming didn't score at all. Uh, There was a missed field goal, that turnover inside the 10, uh, a lot of missed opportunities, and there's 48 points scored. So it was a long field goal, but if that goes in, we hit – we're on 51, and we hit just barely at halftime. This was looking like – it was looking great. So, And then it came to a screeching halt like it always seems to do. Then we went to Saturday, Michigan minus 4.5 like we talked about. Drew Allen's just not there yet. Penn State is a good defense, but that was kind of my question. We haven't really seen them play much – we haven't seen them play competition outside of Ohio State uh, to the level that Michigan is, and this one was eerily similar. Michigan – didn't exactly light it up with points, like Ohio, just like Ohio State was unable to do. But offensively, Penn State really struggled. Uh, Blake Corum, they were just able to gr- grind it out on the ground. 
Um, so minus four and a half, the scoreboard doesn't really indicate exactly how good I felt watching this one. Uh, Texas Tech plus three and a half. We won outright. And then Temple <coughs> plus seven and a half. I think they lost by four. This one nearly got a little dicey because there was a ridiculous late hit. Temple was about to get the ball back with a chance to go win. Then there was a ridiculous late hit. Um, and then it, it, the way it worked out, USF was able to basically kneel on it, if I remember correctly. Uh, so we started out four and one, should have been five and one in the morning games. Uh, I'm sorry, should have been five and oh. Four and one to start, and then kind of all unraveled from there. Uh, Arkansas minus two and a half was a horrific pick. It's the worst team in the SEC. They should get rid of the entire program. Um, not what I thought was going to happen. Uh, Auburn absolutely beat the shit out of Arkansas. Wasn't even close. Air Force minus 18, last game of the night. I mean, we just talked about it with Joseph the week before. I did the exact same thing. I was like, okay, a team that can't stop the run uh, in Hawaii. There's just so little room for error in Air Force. I don't know what happened. Um, this isn't a service academy team that they played against. This is Hawaii, who cannot stop the run. Air Force couldn't do shit. Uh, they lost outright in what was, I mean, back-to-back 18-point favorites losing outright, 27-13. to 13. They scored one touchdown. That was a tough way to end the night. My lock of the week was Houston minus two. A couple unfortunate bounces, but they were clearly not the better team in this one. Um it was kind of it was kind of dumb for me to make this my lock in hindsight because it's two very inconsistent teams uh, in Cincinnati and Houston. So that's on me. That's a bad pick, but it is what it is. Texas minus nine and a half. They were up twenty six to six at halftime, and then Sarkeesian completely took his foot off the gas. They scored three points in the second half. No urgency. Worst of all, they allowed TCU to score twenty points in the fourth quarter. They scored six points in the first three quarters. They scored twenty in the fourth quarter, just ran the ball, a uh, little short, safe passes, no urgency to put points on the board. They win by three, 29 to 26 and melt away a 20 point halftime lead. And then last one, last two I have UCF plus three was the complete opposite of Arkansas minus two and a half UCF beat the shit out of Oklahoma state. So bad. They won by like 40 plus points. It was 45 to three. It was our second true consensus lock, not lock, but consensus play. Uh, the first one, I don't remember what it was exactly. Clemson, maybe. Oregon. Oregon against um, Colorado? No. Uh, Utah. Yeah. And Oregon yeah. demolished them. Yeah. So this is the second time that we've all three had an agreement, came to the table, didn't have to add it. We were all on the same play. It was a home run hit, 45-3. to three. UCF beat the dog shit out of them. Uh, then my last play was Oklahoma, minus 12 and a half. Um, they trounced West Virginia, 59 to 20. They scored at least two touchdowns in every single quarter. West Virginia did the bulk of their scoring in the first half, uh, only scored six points in the second half. So this was a week that, see, the problem with this year is, and it's kind of reminiscent to what I said last year, I don't not acknowledge the lucky wins, but every single win that I had was an easy win. Every single win was a dominant win with the exception of Temple, you could say, but they should have had the ball back with a chance to go win as a seven and a half point underdog. Half of the losses, at least two of the losses were bullshit. The over in Wyoming, UNLV should have hit. And then Texas should have, should have fucking closed out that game. We should have been looking at an eight and three week. Um, But you got to get lucky along the way. And I just currently am not. 
uh, getting lucky. So six and five on the week brings me to 40, 47 and four, six and six in my locks of the week. You had four plays on the podcast and then one ad. Yeah, Georgia State minus two. I said Georgia State's defense. I thought they were slightly better. <laughs> Wrong. Um, App State outgained them by a million and beat them 42 to 14. Um, I had Troy minus 21 this game. <clears throat> it's kind of dicey because Troy put in the backup, but they let him play. Troy ended up pulling away late here and um, covering the number with ease. I had Tennessee minus one. This, An annoying-ass game. Weird. This was a weird game. Because Tennessee, like, we, we got a lot of lucky bounces in uh, UCF with turnovers. It was kind of the opposite in the Tennessee game where Tennessee had the ball and Missouri was up 10-7. to 7. Tennessee had the ball at the end of the half, driving, looking like they were going to score a touchdown. At the very least, they were going to get a field goal and go into halftime tied. But they fumbled the ball, and then Missouri went down there, kicked a field goal to be up 13-7. And then after that, Tennessee kind of fell apart. It was a game where Missouri was really moving methodically downfield in control of the clock big time here, and Tennessee's defense wore down at the end. The pick six by Milton was horrific. Yeah. Horrific. He's too inconsistent and wishy-washy, and it's the same thing that worries me with Joe Milton from the get-go. But I didn't think that – I mean, what was the final score? It wasn't anything 36 close. to 7. Yeah, I didn't see what that. What was it? It was – I didn't – I mean, Missouri – Missouri – They're good. No, they're good. On offense, they did well. But there was times there in the game, like the instance I talked about before half where Tennessee could have changed the dynamic of this game – going into halftime up or, or tied, and just one play makes that, that big of a difference. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Wasn't it close at half? Because Tennessee was getting the ball yeah. after halftime, too, so it was a two-for-one situation. Yeah, 13-7 at halftime. That's crazy. They went three quarters with no points. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. Um, but, yeah, right. no, Missouri's good for sure. And then I had UCF plus two-and-a-half. We talked about it. UCF dominated this game from start to finish. Um, I, they were covering the whole game. Um, and then Iowa State plus seven and a half, another game of domination against BYU. BYU's just not that good of a team. No, clearly not. There were seven and a half point favorites. Would they win by thirty something on the road? Were they? Yeah. The, <laughs> Iowa State's not typically a team. I would. Um, they're not bad. No, no. I'm just saying, like they're like a uh, at home in that fucking grass, running the ball, playing good defense. To go on the road to Provo and put up 40-whatever points, uh, yeah, they beat the shit out of them. So you go 3-2. and two, You are now 28-32-2. Yep. 6-6 six and six in your locks of the week as well. Um, all right, Joseph, you went 5-1. and one. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt really good going into that week. Uh, Alabama, complete domination. Uh, that yeah, was we a, were talking about that. That was a, that was a good pick, and we we basically like we should have just added it because when we started talking about it, it was kind of everybody was like, "Yeah, they'll probably kill yeah. them on the podcast." Like we all said, I would definitely not take Kentucky. Um, so yeah, that was domination, and then a little sweaty in that Michigan pen, uh, Michigan team total under twenty five and a half, a little dicey there at the end. Yeah, that's another one we talked about because. Either way, both hit, 
But I was surprised you went with Michigan's team total under as opposed to Penn State's team total under. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I, I bought in a little bit more to Penn State's defense, but I mean Michigan, the numbers back it up. Their defense is. I mean Penn State's defense legit. is no, it's good. good. It's good. But I wonder because McCarthy did hurt his ankle, so I wonder if they went conservative because of the injury. Um, yeah, that helped. And then they, I mean, literally not throwing a pass in the second half is is crazy. Um, I think part of the reason I did was that I, we, Aller kind of got that big game out of the way mm-hmm. in my mind, and McCarthy we hadn't seen it yet, even though obviously yeah, but he's, he's battle had tested. Yeah, he's yeah, played he's in the college football it. playoff. And Just all this of that. season, I let, I think I let that get there a little bit, but yeah. either way, got both, a little bit lucky for they, sure. They both hit so yeah. Uh, then my only loss, I mean, just horrific. Minnesota is just terrible. <laughs> they suck. Kelly McManus, what was I thinking? I don't I mean, think he played I, he didn't that play bad. That bad yeah, he did, I looked at his stats. Awful. He really didn't play that bad. He really didn't. It was the defense. I did not see that. I didn't see Purdue putting up, I don't know, 48 or something. Yeah. Just awful. Um, and then my lock. Oh, sorry. And then I had the LSU over. No sweat in that one either. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Jaden it's Daniels crazy. is taking a fucking 85 yards to the house. That's a quick score. 9-0. So. 9-0 on overs. I know. This season, it's crazy. Mm. Like, imagine you've just been riding that all year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like 2019 when we just bet LSU yeah, every week. Exactly. Uh, then USC, Oregon under 73 and a half. It slowed down a little bit um, in the second half, which I expected it to. And in my lock, we talked about it, UCF. Just easy. Yeah. So you went 5-1. and one. What is your uh, overall yeah. Um, record? Yeah, 5-1. and one, That brings me to 27-17 overall. And all three of us now, 6-6 six and six in our locks. Yeah, we were – I don't know what you were, but I know you, we were struggling in locks yeah. and then turned it around. Um, yeah, 27-17 is very good. What's that percentage off the top of your head? Do you know? 37. What's that? 44. 44. 27 out of 44. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's just under 60%, I think. Yeah. Alrighty, so we will look ahead to college football week 12. We have games in play as we speak. Um, I don't think anybody's touching Maction. I can't find myself to pull the trigger on anything for Maction this year. It's just tough. I would have been willing to take Ohio tonight, but... Tomorrow, you mean? Oh, they play tomorrow? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an ad. Go ahead. Let's hear it. (laughs) It was a 10-point spread. It might have grown a little bit. I'm trying to see. I thought there was tens available, but yeah, I did see. Definitely it today to there was. Um, currently in place: Toledo, Bowling Green, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Akron, Eastern Michigan. Tomorrow we have so for Wednesday: Central Michigan and Ohio, and kicking off at the exact same time: Buffalo and Miami of Ohio. So you're considering Ohio over Central Michigan? I don't know. Probably just leave that. Yeah, alone. it's just so like <laughs> you never know. know. They're like. You just never know if they're going to come to play. No, and they always have team. these big spreads, and then the team will, like, yeah. shit the bed. Uh, do you have anything for Wednesday? No. I'm okay. not until Saturday. No? Do you have anything during the week? No. I almost um had a play for Friday, but I just decided okay. to stay away for now. I have a play for Thursday and Friday. Because I always do. Um, Thursday, Boston College and Pitt. I'm I'm considering side and total here. I'm currently just on side, uh, so we'll see what you think. Two teams in completely opposite directions. Uh, BC has won five of its last six. Pitt has lost five of its last six. Stats won't really make sense of this, 
But I'm going to take Pitt at home. I've always liked Narduzzi. If you've listened to us in the past, you know that. Um, the guy knows defense. Djokovic was supposed to be the starter. He stinks. They bring in Vielo. He stinks. Not very good. But Boston College is 119th in the nation in rushing defense. Rodney Hammond's going to have to have a good game. Pound the rock. Lean on it. Boston College going on the road to Pitt. I'm going to lay the two and a half uh, with Pittsburgh here. I just, if you can't stop the run, Pitt's going to have a good defense. If they can have some success on the ground, make life a little bit easier for Vielo. I don't even know if that's not how you even pronounce his last name because when you suck, nobody knows how to pronounce your last name. But he got thrusted in the starting spot with Djokovic being horrific. Um, This is actually Djokovic's old team. Do they throw him back under center just for old time's sake? I doubt it. Uh, I'm considering the under too, though, 47 and a half. You got a you got a thought? Yeah, I would lean Pitt here. I'm just worried with because I could see a defensive score. I could see it's just Pitt's horrific on offense, and for them to win this game, the total will probably have to go under because um, Boston College has guys at least with a pulse on the offensive side of the ball. But with that being said, I just will the fans even give a shit on a Thursday? At six, it's going to be cold in Pittsburgh. Probably not, but when they do give a shit, it's a good environment. It's a tough place to go and play. Who knows? I'm going to lay. I'm going to lay the two and a half with Pittsburgh. I mean, if you're just record watching here, clearly the spread should tell you something. Um, we'll take Pitt minus two and a half on Thursday. So Friday, Colorado and Washington State, nine thirty kick. Um, we've been doing the late games on Friday. Getting, getting things started early, heading into Saturday. Colorado's lost uh, their last four. Washington has lost six in a row. Both are one and six in conference play. Neither can run the ball. Neither can play defense. Washington State's 103rd in both scoring defense and total defense. They both move pretty fast. Colorado doesn't want to run the ball a single time. When you throw an incompletion, the clock stops. We're going to take the over 63 and a half. Um, it's, a, it's a high number, but I could see a Cam Ward – Shador Sanders duel here. Um, I was looking through to see if there were any notable injuries. I don't really see anything. It's kind of hard to get news on either one of these shit teams, but it's funny. I took under three and a half for Colorado's win total, and it might land on four to end the season. So after they go on the road and upset TCU as 20-something point underdogs to start, that'll piss me off (laughs) if it's right there on four and they got the, the Colorado State overtime victory. So that costs us some money, but we're going to take the over 63 and a half. Um, it is a high number, but I Washington state's, I don't know what really happened to Washington state. They clearly got exposed, I guess, um, as frauds. They, what they beat Oregon state. Yeah. I was yes. on Washington state. And then immediately after just fell off the map. Kim Ward's not playing bad. He's not playing as good as he was earlier in the year, but their defense is just horrific. It's really, really bad. So um, pad the stats for Shador. Do what you got to do. But let's put some points up on the board. So over 63 and a half for Friday night. So we'll look ahead to Saturday. Um, Who's got 11 o'clock games? Not me. Me. You do? Go ahead. How many total do you have? Four. How many total do you have? Three. Jesus Christ. I have like eight, I think. Um, All right, go ahead. Uh, Louisville at Miami. Louisville's one-point favorites. Louisville has been good. It, it's been um, the one loss came against Pitt, kind of a head-scratching loss, where they outgained Pitt, but they turned the ball over three times, where 
Um, Miami's 30th in yards per play and 26th in yards per play allowed. Both of these teams are, are really close to each other in yards per play and yards per play allowed. Um, I'm going to go with Miami here. At home, um, Van Dyke's getting another chance, so we'll see if he can <laughs> do something. <laughs> Might be a little extra motivation. He got benched last week, so. Yeah, and the, the guy got hurt. Yeah. Um, Godspeed. So, yeah, I'm going to take Miami plus one. I think these teams are closer, and then Miami being at home, getting a point, I'm going to take Miami. Okay. Uh, I have an 11 o'clock game as well. I'm looking at Penn State and Rutgers. We're just talking about them. Um, I'm going to lay the 20 and a half with Penn State. It's a very low number. It's 41 and a half. Um, I've gone back and forth a bunch on this. I've been looking at the total as opposed to a side. Last year, Penn State won this matchup 55 to 10. Um, the same QB wins it is back for Rutgers. Rutgers just got blanked by Iowa. I'm worried about Aller against a solid Rutgers D. We've seen them. That's the strength of their team is is defensively. So, But Penn State has kind of beat up on the bad teams, and they shy away against the good teams so far this season. The kid's young. He's still got potential. Obviously, he's going to be a good quarterback going forward. Let's go out and uh, at home. Let's put up a, a big number here on Rutgers. I'm worried about taking the under just in the event that Penn State's offense is clicking, and they fucking, like I said, 55-10 to 10 was the score last year. Um, Aller actually scored a touchdown in that game. So, yeah, I'm going to lay the 20 and a half. If it was over 21, I'd probably shy away, but under 20 and a half, I'll play it. So, let's see. What is uh, your first one for Saturday, Joseph? It's not until 6.30. Do y'all want me so many? Yeah, go ahead. It don't matter. Uh, Washington at Oregon State. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the one and a half with the Beavers here. Uh, Washington's defense is bad. We know that they're ranking nine. They're ranking 99th in the country in total defense. They're giving up over 400 yards per game and nearly six yards per play. They're going to have their hands full behind one of the top rushing attacks led by Damian Martinez, Oregon state, slow the game down, run the ball, help open up the field for DJ to make the throws. He needs to, um, and then defensively Oregon state, obviously they're going to have their hands full as well with one of the top offenses in the country in Washington and Penix, but I think they're going to be able to get the stops that they need to to win this game at home. Uh, Penix, they got to drop one at some point, I think. I'm, I'm going to lay the one and a half with the Beavers in this one. I looked at this one for a little while. It's interesting. Um, it is tough to go play in Corvallis. Crazy shit happens up there. Um, they're going to be going crazy. They're going to be hyped up for this game, clearly. Uh, they haven't been good, uh, this good at least in terms of a number 12 ranking in quite some time. So I do worry will Ungalele be able to make the throws, but also, too, it's like just lean on Martinez. Yeah. Just lean on Damian Martinez. Um, are you on this? No. Me neither. The guys are going to be wide open. Yeah, definitely. So we'll just throw it to him, dude. He fucking misses him sometimes, though. <laughs> um, it's just going to be which Ongalele are you getting, and then do they commit to – really, it's going to be, in my opinion, does Washington come out hit him quick, and then if Washington goes up 14, life becomes a lot harder for, for Oregon State because you're not going to really be able to lean on Martinez as much as you would like. Right. Um, at least teams don't feel like you can. You still kind of can if it's in the first quarter. So, But, all right, we – Clemson, North Carolina. Are you on it? No. Are you? No. I'm going to take the Tar Heels getting the touchdown. Um, it is in Clemson. Um, 
And I understand North Carolina's kind of fallen off the map. They've been very up and down. One week they're great. Next week they're you're scratching your head like what happened. I'm going to take the better quarterback, the clear-cut better quarterback, getting a touchdown in this one. So North Carolina plus seven on the road against the Clemson team that has turned it around. So Dabo said buy stock now. And um, they've kind of they've kind of backed it up the last few weeks. Um, I'm going to hope that we see the good side of North Carolina here. So I'm going to take UNC plus seven. What is uh, what's your next one? Utah at Arizona, another one point spread. Utah struggled earlier in this year offensively, but in October, November, the offense has looked a lot better, averaging thirty one point four points per game. Compared to 19.2 in September, Utah's 30th-ranked defense in yards per play allowed faces Arizona's 31st-ranked offense in yards per play. I just think Utah's improved offense should be able to kind of keep them in the game enough to allow their defense to make some plays here. So I'm going to take Utah plus one. I was strongly considering it, that that side as well. Utah looked good last week. Um, Okay, I am – Going to go to Utah State and Boise. I've bet on Utah State a few times this season. It's been very profitable. Boise State has fired Andy Avalos. The uh, the it was a failed post Brian Harson experiment. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a coach. They have a hurt running back, and they have no blue turf. I'm going to take Utah State plus three and a half at home. I faded Boise on the road before this season, and same thing. It was profitable. I don't know what's going on in Boise. Um, when will they come back to prominence? I don't know, but I like Lagos. I like Utah State. The defense comes up with plays when they need it, and the mobility of Lagos can make things happen and put points up on the board. Utah State plus three and a half. What is your next one, Joseph? I just have my lock left. Oh, okay. How many more do you have? One more than my lock. You can go ahead with your one more. Um, FIU at Arkansas. Arkansas's 29 and a half point favorites. <laughs> Nobody's going to like this bet. FIU ranks 114th in the nation in yards per play and 112th in the nation in yards per play allowed. Arkansas at 3-7 and seven and coming off a blowout loss to Auburn there. In total turmoil, there's speculation that K.J. Jefferson is done at Arkansas. He might not play. That's just speculation, though. Um, regardless of who plays that quarterback, I just think Arkansas is far more dominant. It's a it's two different leagues here. I'm gonna lay the big number twenty nine and a half Arkansas against FIU. Okay, I'll see your Arkansas and I'll raise you in Auburn minus twenty three and a half uh, against New Mexico State. Two teams that just played each other last week. Auburn obviously was on the better end of that matchup. Uh, pretty much same thing. Auburn's rattled off three uh, three straight wins, playing their best football. It reminds me, week one, UMass went on the road, beat New Mexico State handily. I was on it. Um, then the next week, they played at Auburn, and quite a few people back to UMass. There was some money that came in on UMass in a big way. They got absolutely demolished by Auburn, and it's a shitty Auburn team. Auburn's playing much better now than they were at the beginning of the season, 23-and-a-half. I'll lay the points with Auburn. I just think that New Mexico State, it's – they're just not going to have the guys. It's the same thing. It's too much of a step up in class. It's it's probably very similar as to why you're taking Arkansas against FIU. They're going to get they're going to get killed in the trenches. Uh, I it doesn't seem like enough points here for me. So twenty three and a half, I'll lay the points with Auburn. And so you do have one more before you. Lie. Yeah, I don't know how I missed it. Um, I'm going right back to the over. Georgia State LSU over seventy one and a half. Um. 
There's no reason for me to think LSU overs will slow down even with a high total like this one. Both defenses below 100th in the country, giving up over 400 yards per game, nearly 30 points per game. The number is obviously this high for a reason. LSU's defense is awful against the run, and as we've seen, especially against teams with quarterbacks that can run. I expect Granger and Marcus Carroll to do damage on the ground, as most teams have done to us this year, and be able to put up enough points to help the other side, the best offense in the country, hit this over. So I'm going to go over 71 and a half. So I almost laid the points with LSU. Um, <coughs> the over does worry me a little bit because Georgia State's offense kind of struggled the last month. Um, so I was hesitant there. I nearly laid the point. Their defense is not good. It, it, it just at least from recent Recent weeks, 42 to App State, 42 to JMU, 44 to Georgia Southern. Um, I really – I was very close to laying the number with LSU because we're on Heisman watch for Jaden Daniels. I don't think right. that they're going to take their foot off the gas offensively. So, um, okay, I am – so this is probably my riskiest one of the of the week for sure. Georgia and Tennessee. Um, funny things happen in Neyland Stadium. All the money's on Georgia. I may be a fool. I'm going to take Tennessee plus 10.5. I'm going to back Joe Milton. Um, I don't know. You're on Georgia? <laughs> no, no. No, man, of course not. What do you mean? Hell no, I'm betting on Georgia. What do you mean? He bet on Georgia to go undefeated. No, nah, not this one. And you've been on Georgia a bunch this week. Um, 10.5 points just feels like too many, and I don't even know why. Because Joe Milton just looked like shit. So, but it is true. Like, was it last year Alabama went in there and lost? Like, funny things happen, or did they? They lost. Yeah, on yeah. the field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny things happen in that stadium. You got to put stock into. It's a night game too, right? No, it's not. Two thirty. That takes a hit a little bit. I wish it was a night game, but regardless, it'll be getting dark when it matters most. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Tennessee plus ten and a half. Are you on it? No. Okay, I'm, I'm so it's your lock. <laughs> okay. That's the only reason the I was fuck? doing that. I was like, it's just lock. It's got to be. <laughs> all right. That's all I have other than my lock of the week. So um, we'll get to it. All right, our best bets of the week. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need, Come on, come on. <laughs> when they win, they go fucking crazy. You can't make it up. My lock of the week is Miami plus one. Louisville's nine and one, 11th in the nation. Going on the road to play Miami. I've said, I've gone on record. Louisville's ahead of schedule. They're not supposed to be this good this early. Miami bench Tyler Van Dyke, but he is back after Emory, Emory Williams is out for the year. This is redemption for Tyler Van Dyke. Miami plus one at home. They're going to win this game. They might win it big. Louisville is frauds. I've been saying it. I've been wrong all year. I'm going to be right this week. Miami plus one is my lock of the week. Go ahead. I'm going Sam Houston, Western Kentucky. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest game of the week. Uh, one, one, of the, one, of, <laughs> one of the guys who listen to us, um, I, I, I see him outside. Um, of the podcast realm and he's like he said 
your guy that you do the podcast with, Nick, he's like, he always picks those fucking wild games. <laughs> like, so this falls right into that category. Yeah, Sam Houston, man. What a team. Uh, <laughs> what a team. <laughs> 117th in the nation in yards per play and 89th in the nation in yards per play allowed their face in a Western Kentucky offense. Pretty good. 48th in the nation in yards per play. They have they have some players over there that can take it to the house. Western Kentucky has played three of their last five on the road. The two home games were against pretty good teams, Liberty and New Mexico State. I just don't think Sam Houston's going to be able to keep up here, even though Western Kentucky's defense sucks. 95th in the nation in yards per play allowed. I just... I don't see Sam Houston being able to put up a, a a ton of points here. I do see Western Kentucky having success, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lay twelve and a half with Western Kentucky for the lock of the week. Yeah, Sam Houston's trash. So uh, I tried to. That was when they didn't have a win yet. I tried to be on the right side of their first win. Was not. All right, Joseph. What is your lock of the week? We're laying some big points this week. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with you guys um, in that in that direction. I'm gonna. Continue that trend with Fresno State minus 23 and a half. Um, Gonna have to stay up late for this one. It's one of the last games of the night. This is a New Mexico team that lost 34 to 24 to one of the worst teams in the country in Nevada earlier this season. Uh, They're not really a good football team on either side of the ball. I think that fits perfectly into Fresno covering this, the big spread in this one. I think Jeff Tedford should have his guys ready to get back on track. After getting beat forty-two to eighteen last week at San Jose State, <clears throat> I think I think he'll have his defense fired up with a good opportunity in this game. I like Fresno in this one, whether it's Mikey Keene or not. I like what I've seen from Fife this year, other than last week against a much better San Jose State defense. I think they can cover this big number minus twenty-three and a half. Okay. In- wasn't the, wasn't the, weren't you saying New Mexico was, like, ridiculous against the spread? Oh, I don't know. Or am I thinking Ooh, of a different like team? <laughs> I tried to bet on them a couple of times <clears throat> last year. I thought you – maybe it's a different team. I thought you were saying, like, they were undefeated against the spread, but I don't oh. think – New Mexico State's like pretty good against the spread. Is that – no, maybe that's what it was. May, I mean, I mean it could you be. know them. Yeah, I don't think it was them. I could be thinking of a different team. Um, but I did mention that a, a little bit ago. That's probably what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so we'll recap real quick. Um, all right, Thursday I'm taking Pitt minus two. Friday I'm going Colorado Washington State over sixty three and a half. I'm going to take on Saturday Penn State minus twenty and a half. North Carolina plus seven. Utah State plus three and a half. Tennessee plus ten and a half. Auburn minus twenty three and a half. And my lock of the week is Miami plus one. I'm going Miami plus one. Utah plus one. We're going to take Western Kentucky minus 12 and a half for my lock of the week, and then we're going to lay the big number with Arkansas. Arkansas minus 29 and a half. Going Oregon State minus one and a half. Georgia State LSU over 71 and a half. And for my lock of the week, Fresno State minus 23 and a half. So what were you – you said you would take Tennessee, but you're not on it? No, I didn't say I would take any side in that game. I thought you said – No, I was looking at him because I expected it to be his lock. Just had a feeling, had a funny feeling. Well, you said, hell no, I wouldn't bet Georgia. Didn't you say it? Oh, maybe. <laughs> what? Yeah, you I did. I think you definitely said that. That's why I was like, that's why we both said, oh, well, he's I would definitely take on Tennessee. I would take Tennessee in this game if I was. Um, all right, we will get into, that is our best bets for college football. We'll get into the NFL recap. Started off good with another Thursday night winner, Panthers plus four. 
Um, Bryce Young did what he needed to do uh, when it mattered most, but he is struggling this year. Patriots plus two um, in Germany. This one was extremely frustrating. It was a frustrating week for me, really on both on both fronts, NFL and college football. I go two and four on the week. Patriots plus two. They miss a chip shot field goal, like a 20-yard field goal. They lose by four. Um, Mac Jones sucks. He just does. I understand the offensive line's not good. He has no time. He has no weapons. I don't care. Mac Jones sucks. Patriots plus two. They lose by four. They should have made the field goal um, to lose by one and had a field goal chance to win. Saints minus two and a half. We suck uh, bad. Defense has regressed tremendously since the beginning of the year. Marshawn Lattimore is now hurt. Offensively, we suck. Defensively, we suck. We're not a good football team. We can't even beat the bad teams now. Jaguars plus three was a bad pick. Thought coming off the bye, we were on opposite sides, Nick and I. Um, Trevor Lawrence just, they have everything they need on that team except the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is not taking the step forward like I thought he was going to this season. Won't throw it over the middle of the field. Um, holds on to it. Takes unnecessary sacks. He's just not very good. And then the Ravens minus six, my lock of the week. They were up 20 points in the blink of an eye. They were up 14 points in literally the blink of an eye. And just kind of wasted it away in the second half. Lamar Jackson threw a bad ball. It got tipped. There was a pick six. That was the difference there down at the end. Points are typically hard to come by in these matchups, but there was two defensive touchdowns. Um, and the Ravens wasted it away. They lost the game outright. So minus six, it was looking like it was looking very good early. And then, uh, I mean, death by a thousand cuts, we lose it outright. Two and four on the week uh, brings me to 23, 29. Sorry, I didn't mention the Broncos, plus seven and a half to avoid a horrific one and five. Had to have it. They win the game outright. The Bills are frauds. Josh Allen is not a good quarterback. 23 and 29 overall, four and six in my locks of the week. I was on the Panthers plus four. The Patriots, yeah, the Patriots <laughs> game. That sucked. <laughs> It's just, I don't understand. It's annoying. Uh, they bring in Bailey Zappi, does a fake spike, and throws it in a triple coverage like <laughs> yeah. a stupid asshole. And then he's like, oh, what, what, like asking the refs, are you going to, are you going to, it's like, what do you mean? Are they going to throw it? Yeah, I don't know. They're going to throw what? They should throw you out of the fucking league. But that dumbass. field goal, that's inexcusable. Oh, yeah, it was a chip shot. Yeah. And it, you almost could have made the argument that it went over, the, like directly over the post. I was praying that they were going to say it was mm -hmm. good. Saints minus two and a half, same thing. You said we we have something to work on there. Um, 49ers plus <laughs> three. suck. <laughs> 49ers plus three. Um, it was my lock. Minus. Uh, yeah, minus three. Oh, yeah, you did right, plus three. Um, so you're two and two, 20 and 16, six and four in your locks of the week. Why are we... Oh, because of week zero. I was like, why are we two locks behind NFL? Or college football, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joseph, what was your record? Two and two. Um, <clears throat> got off to a bad start. Thursday night, I had the overs, bad pick. Uh, two bad teams. Two bad quarterbacks. Um, and then my lock. They tried to give me some hope at the end. Uh, Stroud turned it over. Bengals tied it up, but. Ultimately, Stroud made a great drive to go win the game. Uh, so that that one didn't hit. And then I got I ratted off two late winners. Giants, Cowboys, no sweat bet. That was easy. I should have made that my lock. Um, and then the under in the Sunday night game, Jets and Raiders, I hit on that one. So 2-2, two two, 
that brings me to 16 and 24 overall, 3 and 7 in my locks. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals should have won the game. Tyler Boyd dropped a touchdown. Yeah. A fucking, and that's important for me because I have the future on the Bengals now, and it's back to 17 to 1. Uh, they fucking slept the walk in the beginning, let the Texans jump out to an early lead, and then quickly close the gap late in the fourth quarter. And then, I mean, you have to catch that. That's that's ball game. Yeah. That's ball game. Um, so that was annoying. And then, uh, yeah, it was a good drive by Stroud to go in and win the game, but that was frustrating. Tyler Boyd's got to catch the fucking football. Mm-hmm. It, it was a perfect throw by Burrow. Um, <clears throat> all right, we look ahead to this week then. Thursday night, Bengals and Ravens. Um. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The total sits at 46-and-a-half. We're finally getting a good primetime Thursday matchup, divisional matchup at that. This one's tough, though. Which uh, which way are you leaning? Yeah, it's like both teams coming off home losses at six-point-plus favorites. I don't know. I, I see four available at fan, uh, DraftKings and Caesars, so I'm going to go ahead and just take four points with the Bengals okay. in hopes that they can keep it within a field goal Yeah, if they don't win outright. Um, if it was three, I'd probably lay it mm-hmm. with the uh, Ravens, but get if I can get four, I, I'd take the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely leaning that way as well. Um, I'm considering the over as well. I do feel like mm, this is such a critical game for my futures bet because <laughs> um, I would put the Ravens have a bye week coming up, right? I'm not sure. I believe because, yeah, because they've got 10 games. Bengals got nine games. If the Bengals win this game, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals plus four. If the Bengals win this game, um, They'll be at six and four. Ravens will be at seven and four. They'll have their bye week. Bengals can have the chance to have the head-to-head win and tie up the record. Uh, yeah, so I'll take the Bengals plus four. I, I, I kind of want to take the over as well, but at, at the moment, I'm not. Joseph, which way are you going? Uh, this is my lot. All righty. Uh, we will go to Sunday. I am going to take... Actually, let's go straight to the Monday game, the second biggest matchup. Oh, arguably the biggest, one of the two biggest matchups of the, the week, Eagles and Chiefs. Are you on it? Yeah. Are you? Mm-mm. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Just tell us why you're taking the Chiefs. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I'm taking the Eagles. Me too. Yeah. Plus three. You want to know why? Why? Because the Chiefs have a problem on offense. <laughs> <laughs> Coming off a of bye week, though, they might have got it fixed. Yeah. They held open tryouts. They got Vince Papali. <laughs> they poached him from the Eagles. Uh, yeah, no, I'm taking the Eagles. Plus both three. of them coming off a bye, huh? Yeah, both yeah. both teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been saying it, so I can't I can't go away from it now. I, they they have a problem offensively. If uh, just maintain Travis Kelsey, who's over there in like fucking Argentina or some shit, watching Taylor Swift. He doesn't have his head in the game, so that's a problem. I'm taking the Eagles plus three. You got anything to add? Um, just narrative based, you know. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl rematch. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles probably. I don't know. It's tough to say, but yeah, like you said, with the Chiefs not really able to find weapons outside of Kelsey, maybe they're a little bit better here, and then they're getting a full three. I'm gonna take the Chiefs here. I mean the, the Eagles. Uh, Eagles. Shit. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> 
Now you gotta take my the Chiefs. Bra- my brain. <laughs> Go ahead and take the Chiefs now. My brain's trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, dude. I mean, come on. The Eagles, though, like the secondary has a little bit of holes in it, which kind of worries you. I just think. Big play slay? Yeah, I, I think the Eagles um, figure it out here, keep it close if if they don't win. Well, they're also unstoppable on short, short yards. Yeah. It's like it's so annoying when you bet against them. Uh, so I hope they get in a shitload of short yardage situations and I can be on the right side of it. And this will be the first time like three times in a row they stop it. Um, Sunday night, Vikings, Broncos. I'm going to lay the points. Broncos are getting it going. Yeah. Broncos might be America's team. Sean Payton's getting it going. Russell Wilson's playing exponentially better than he did last season, but he's still not, still not great. Um, defensively, they're playing well. I'm, this is more of a, I think Dobbs comes back to reality here. I, I think got to play a trash Falcons team and then we suck. Derek Carr gets hurt. Even if he didn't get hurt, we suck. So the Broncos have been playing better football as of late. Obviously we saw them beat the chiefs and then now they beat the bills back to back. And then before that they beat green Bay, but still to beat the chiefs and bills back to back, I don't believe in terms of Dobbs coming in and um, leading this, like, I mean, they'd be seven and four. The, the Vikings have honestly rattled off some fucking wins. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that this is going to be some Cinderella story run for Josh Dobbs. Do you disagree? Um, This was the game I was looking at, but yeah, I was afraid to take, take the Broncos. Which way were you leaning? The Broncos. Okay. Though. Uh, are you on this, Joseph? No. Just because the Vikings' defense seems to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Picking it up. So um, that five. was mainly what worried me. They're on a five-game win streak right now, right? They started one and four. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. But on that five-game win streak, they played... Panthers, like some... They beat doozies. San Francisco, they? Did they did beat San oh, Francisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but you got... Wounded San Francisco. Yes. Right? A hurt San Francisco, the Bears, the Packers, Falcons, Saints. Yeah. Four of the worst teams yeah. of the two worst divisions. Yeah. And so, then, like you said, the Broncos have rattled off, what, three? Good yeah, they're playing better now for sure. The defense um, has definitely, since they got trounced with the 70 points, the yeah. defense has played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Responded well. So, mm-hmm. that that's more of that versus Dobbs type of thing. Um, so, we'll see. I have one more than my lock. What about you? I just have my lock. What about you? I got... Two games in them a lot. Okay, you can go Just because I haven't given one because the Thursday night is my lot. Uh-huh. Uh, first one, Steelers at Browns. I'm going to back the Browns here. I'm going to lay the four. Browns have the best defense in the NFL right now. It should be a tough day for Pickett trying to avoid Miles Garrett and company in the backfield. Um, and the Steelers, on the other hand, are giving up almost 400 yards per game. So I like the Browns to keep the ground game moving and put together some good drives to score some points at home here. So I'm going to lay the four with the Browns. Okay. What is uh, your next one? Me? Yeah. Uh, He's only got his lock. Oh, okay. And then I got a little double dipper, Seahawks at Rams. I'm going to take the one with the Rams at home here, and I'm going to go over 46 as well. The Rams are well-rested coming off the bye for this divisional matchup at home. Stafford returns from his injury. There should be a should be plenty of points in this one as both defenses have been pretty bad, giving up about 350 yards per game. I think Cup and Nakua get back on track with their QB back under center. So I'm going to take the Rams plus one and the over 46. Okay. Uh, I'm going to lay the points with the Dolphins. I'm going to lay the 12. 
Dolphins are 4-0 at home. Raiders are 1-4 on the road. Same kind of thing. Uh, Antonio Pierce steps in. They've won the last two games, not in really dominant fashion, uh, and neither against good teams. So, well, they beat the shit out of the Giants, but that was with – was that with DeVito? Um, or that was when that was when Daniel Jones got yeah. hurt. Uh, so kind of put a little bit of an asterisk there. They do have a decent defense, but this is one of the best offenses in the league when they're playing subpar competition, which they are in this case. So Dolphins are dominant at home. Raiders got to go to the East Coast. Um, I'm going to lay the 12. So all you have left is your lock? Yep. Yep. Already our best bets of the week in the NFL. It's a lock, Kramer. You've had this thing under control for almost three years now. But it's a lock. They need that fucking juice. They need that next bet. They need, Come on, come on. Yes! When they win, they go fucking crazy. I'm going to Steelers at Browns, too. The Steelers' defense ranks 28th in the nation in total defense and 25th in the nation in rushing defense. Clearly, I like the matchup between the 28th ranked Steelers' offense going against, like Joseph said, the the best defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game allowed. I'm going to lay the points here with the Browns. Browns minus four. (laughs) Yes. For my lock of the week. I'm going to lay the six and a half with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, right back to it. Titans are 0-5 on the road. Trevor Lawrence stinks, but the Jaguars, I mean, the uh, the Titans are not very good. Uh, I understand Will Levis came in and won that game, and then all of a sudden it was like, he's kind of struggling. They lost to the Buccaneers 20-6. They lost to Pittsburgh 20-16. to um, They're on their third consecutive road game. Jacksonville was looking like, Looking like the team to beat, um, definitely in their division at least, but in the AFC, they're one of the top teams. Just got the shit kicked out of them by San Francisco. You got to beat up on the bad teams. I think we see them do it here. Six and a half. It should be more than a touchdown in my opinion. Just with, I mean, you got Will Levis coming in. There is some weather in the forecast, so I can understand a little bit if people are feeling like they're going to lean on Derrick Henry. Um, Titans are not good on the road. Have not won a road game. So, and that's going to continue. Jacksonville minus six and a half is my lock of the week. Uh, for my lock on Thursday night, I'm going to take the under, 46 and a half. Um, we saw these two teams meet up in week two in Cincinnati. The Ravens pulled out 27 to 24 with a win in that one. This is a game that the Ravens established the run, totaling 178 yards on the ground. I think Cincinnati will be better prepared for that in this matchup, making it harder for Lamar to move the ball downfield. And then uh, on the other side, Baltimore's defense has been the key for their success this this year so far. The Bengals have failed to establish any kind of rushing attack this year, ranking dead last in rushing yards and rushing attempts in the entire NFL. They have three total rushing touchdowns on the season. That doesn't help against the top five defense in this one, so I'm going to take the under 46.5 in a primetime divisional matchup. All righty. There you go. That is our best bets of the week for the NFL. Uh, We already recapped college, so we will recap NFL real quick. Thursday night, I'm taking the Bengals plus four. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus 12. Sunday night, Broncos minus two. Monday night, Eagles plus three. And my lock of the week, the Jacksonville Jaguars minus six and a half. Been on them pretty much every single week of the year. Bengals plus four. Browns minus four for my lock of the week. And then we're going to take the Eagles plus three on Monday night. Uh, Steelers and Browns, I'm with Nick. I'm taking the Browns minus four. Uh, Seahawks at Rams, I'm going to double dip, take the Rams plus one and the over 46. And then for my lock of the week, I'm taking the under 46 and a half in the Thursday night game. 
there's really no complaining this week in the NFL because every primetime game, with the exception of Sunday night, but Thursday night, you got a great game. Monday night, you got a great game. So the primetime games have been kind of a snooze fest so far this year. Uh, that's going to change in a big way this week. So uh, there is money to be made. We've uh, Luck has not been on our side, but I will – I will a thousand percent go down with the ship. I will go down swinging. Um, if I got to have 20 plays in college football next week, I will. <laughs> if I lose all of my plays this week, I will have 20 plays minimum next week. Um, but I do feel really good about this week. Take that for what it's worth, but it ain't worth anything. So episode 171 is in the books. Y'all have anything to say before we go? Adios, amigos. Good luck. Y'all have a good one. Who that? The house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. I've been practicing this because a little bit that I rushed. It felt like I rushed. It was good. I liked it.